Welcome to What to Drink Podcast, where we pair anything and everything with your host, Connor Taylor, and producer, Bobby Deason. Melissa, how's it going? Hey, Connor. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic uh, because we're, we've got a little Guinness in our glass right? this morning. I tried to do the perfect pour. Um, you'll see didn't quite come out that way. Actually, it looks pretty good, though. What do you think? With the glass beer you're working with, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I went okay stemmed. It. it was an amateur. It was rookie. It was a rookie move. But uh, <laughs> You wouldn't have won the competition. No, not at no. all. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so to our to What to Drink Nation, uh, everyone out there, you are, you're hearing a new voice. Well, no, actually, you've heard this voice before because she does our intro. I do, yes. And But today she's filling in for producer Bobby D because producer Bobby is on vacation what? Yeah. What is that? You should be working. I didn't authorize that. What? In the bunch world? of bull honky. <laughs> bubbles, if you will. Yeah, bub oh, aka Bubbles. Is, That's uh, his nickname. He's hanging out down on the beach. Um, so we're happy for him. Uh, but we're, you know, just more excited to be in here. Absolutely. With a beer in our hands. It's great. I'm honored. And we've got a great guest today. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and introduce you. Everyone, please uh, welcome Ryan Wagner, the national ambassador for Guinness Beer. Ryan. Welcome to What to Drink. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So today uh, we're going to be doing, so you know, we're a pairing podcast. And what we're trying to pair today is what to, or the whole theme is what to drink when you're on a diet, right? And, uh, you know, let's call a spade a spade. I gained a couple of pandemic pounds and I'm still trying to get rid of them. But I do think I want to talk about Guinness in this context because it's actually, we're talking calorie count and whatnot and what else. What's going, what's going on here? Is my mic on? There we go. We need, we need to take it back. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I thought something was let, let's let's take it back. Let's a little do bit. it again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> From the top. Uh, Ryan Wagner, everybody. Yeah, give it up for Ryan, everybody. He's here. <laughs> thanks for being. Yeah, thanks for the invite. With, I appreciate a, it. With an actual microphone uh, turned on now. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Our uh, our pairing today is what to drink when you're on a diet. So. And also, just I just want to talk a lot about Guinness in general, and um, you know, I want to talk about you and how you came to be in this role, and kind of your aha moment for, you know, being a, a beer person, if I can call you that. Yeah, absolutely, call me that. I think that's more than fair. My um, my background is really unique. Um, I uh, I have one of the strangest resumes I think anyone would ever uh, have come across their desk. I started my career uh, in New York as a as an actor, stage actor. I uh, was a musical theater guy. Uh, right after college, that's what my degree is in. And uh, as <laughs> as I think most people in the acting industry would admit, every out-of-work actor is a working bartender and vice versa. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so I spent 12 years as a bartender as well. Um, but uh, I've worked all kinds of jobs. I worked for Major League Baseball, hosting a show for them in New York. I uh, spent about 10 years as the public address announcer for the Baltimore Orioles at Camden Yards in oh, Baltimore. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, five years ago, five and a half years ago, I got laid off from a job that I wasn't particularly thrilled with anyway. Um, and went home and talked to my then fiance, now wife. Uh, and she asked me a really difficult question, which was, what do you want to do? Not what do you need to do? Not what do you have to do? But what do you want to do? And at that point, we knew in Baltimore, my hometown, uh, we knew that there was a Guinness brewery coming. We didn't really know what that was. We didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, but with all my background in performance and bartending and the beer industry, I'd worked for a sports bar chain in marketing and, and, uh, and sales and some other things. I said, I'm going to go work for Guinness. I love Guinness. I love the stories. I love the history. I love the the heritage that's involved, the culture that they seem to have. And uh, made some calls to friends in the beer industry 
sent out a resume and a cover letter that was far too prosy and far too wordy. <laughs> and uh, they all sent it to the same guy on the same day. Uh, my oh. colleague and buddy, wow. Kevin Ferns, Ferns called me that day and he said, uh, are you Ryan? And I said, yeah. He said, can you call off the dogs? If I get one more email about you today. And it just so happened that I was perfect place, perfect time. I mean, the, the Guinness Brewery Ambassador Program at that point was nine people that were spread across the country. And the job was really to spread the gospel of Guinness. And that, you know, to the people that were buying it, people that were selling it, uh, distributor level, retail level, consumer level, um, really to just educate and entertain and engage, understand beer quality, understand the beer industry. And it was one of those things that I never realized my entire career I'd been training to do that job. Wow. Um, and the brewery in Baltimore got open and it became clear very quickly that that was where I was going to spend a lot of time. And so over the last five and a half years, my role has kind of evolved and kind of changed a little bit. Uh, so these days, in addition to the national ambassador title, which is quite an honor to have that on a business card, um, I'm also about to take over as the head of marketing and community partnerships for uh, mm. the Chicago version of the Guinness Open Gate Brewery. Wow. So Baltimore was successful. We're about to open a second one, and uh, they just relocated me out there about three weeks ago. So. Wow, nice. that's so exciting. Yeah. Oh it's, my uh, goodness. But the aha moment, I mean, it's, it's just what I love about beer and what I love about our industry is that at at its base level, it's about bringing people together. Right. It's, it's about storytelling. It's about community. Um, there's Guinness beer is involved at all of the seminal moments in life. When you're celebrating, when you're mourning, uh, when you're, you know, transitioning, when, when it's just a rough day of work and you need a beer in your hand, um, Guinness beer is something that is kind of timeless in that way. It, right. it is for every occasion. And that's, that's, that really spoke to me in a big way. Absolutely. I think it's one of the most interesting beers. Cause I think just, uh, from a texture perspective, mm -hmm. uh, what other beer can you really talk about in the same way as Guinness? It's to me, I'm a big texture guy. Um, and just the creaminess, just, uh, everything about it is just, so unique and it's you know you're saying for any moment of your life uh, i'm heading to a wedding tonight i'm going to be drinking guinness because it's also pretty sessionable i mean really not not everyone knows that it's only 4.2 percent alcohol right I yeah mean, i mean the the beer there are so many misconceptions about guinness the brewery and also guinness draft stout the beer i mean we're sitting here talking about the beer in front of us which is guinness draft stout the nitrogenated beer that debuted in 1959 I always make a point, and this I think this stems from me working at the Open Gate Brewery, which we're we're the creative end of Guinness. We're the we're the the brewery on U.S. soil that's trying to take advantage of all the creativity and innovation that's involved uh, in this part of the world when it comes to beer. And so I always call this beer Guinness Draft Stout. I always call it by its full name because Guinness is a brewery, and there's a term in marketing called genericization when a when a product and a and a brand becomes more synonymous with what the thing is than the thing itself. Ah. Kleenex, Kleenex, right. yeah, Band Aid. Yes. Right. Those kind of things. And so Guinness, as amazing as this beer is, and it is my desert island beer for sure. This is the best beer in the world as far as I'm concerned. I also think that uh, I say this with tongue planted firmly in cheek. We are victims of this beer's success in some ways. Right. Because I want people to understand that Guinness is about so many different beers. You know, this isn't even our number one selling beer in the world. That's for an extra stout. If you travel, oh, wow. Guinness beer is sold in 150 countries on earth. If you go to all but about 12 and you ask for a Guinness, they're going to give you a bottle of foreign extra stout. That's the number one beer. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that that Guinness and having that call when you're at the bar, I want a Guinness. That's a great thing to have. But I also love the fact that there's so much more history, so much more beer, so many more things going on. And you mentioned the the, the calorie count and how light this beer is. 
I think the challenge is when people have this beer for the first time or maybe the only time they've had it, the reason people think that it's rich or that it's overly filling or that it's high in calories, you hear people call it liquid bread, you know, things like that. Number one, the appearance. I think our eyes lie to us very often. But number two, if all you do when you get a perfect pint of Guinness Draft style put in front of you is you try it very hesitatingly and you only sip the head, the head of the beer is quite thick. It is quite creamy, as you point out. The beer underneath the head is actually very light. Oh, it's yeah. just slightly bitter. It's It's got a beautiful flavor. It's very roasty. And so what I always do with people who are having it for the first time is I blindfold them. I, I don't want you to look. Yeah. I want you to try this beer. I want you to get to the liquid underneath the head. And then I want you to tell me what you think. Because if all you do is sip the head, you're never going to get the true experience. Yeah. Well, and also you talk about the sessionability of this beer. I mean, we always want people to drink responsibly first and foremost. But when people go out and drink beer in particular, um, or even, you know, seltzers or whatever, carbonation, what makes you feel bloated when you drink is carbonation. Those bubbles expanding inside of your stomach, making you feel full, making you feel bloated. The fact that Guinness Draft Stout is 75% less carbonation than a typical carbonated beer, and it's replaced with nitrogen, which is a more dormant gas, it's a sleepier gas, inevitably, you're going to feel less full. Um, it's just the nature of the gases inside of that beer. So in terms of sessionability, you're not going to find anything quite like Guinness Draft. Huh. Interesting. I love it. Yeah, very interesting. Let's talk a little bit. So with that calorie count, I mean, I think you uh, mentioned this a little while ago. Um, we were doing a perfect perfect pour competition uh, next door, which was really fascinating and, uh, you know, really interesting. Uh, the, you said American light lagers really only have, you know, maybe 10 calories difference in than Guinness, right? Oh, it's less than that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, sorry. No, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, when we talk about Guinness Draft Stout, it's it's about 10 or 11 calories per ounce. So if you've got a 12 ounce pour in front of you, which you never would because Guinness Draft is typically in a 14.9 ounce can or a 20 ounce pint in the bar, um, but it's about 126 calories per 12 ounce serving. So we're right between 10 and 11 calories per ounce. Um, I'm not here to compare it to any other beer, but what I will say is when you look at American light lagers, which is, you know, far and away the most consumed beer style in the country, those calorie counts are not that far off. We're, right. we're pretty close. I mean, you look at some IPAs and double IPAs and things like that, the calorie counts can shoot through the roof. Um, but yeah, the use of roasted barley, which it, which makes up a significant percentage of the beer, not as high in calories. And so, you, yeah, it's 4.2% alcohol. Typically, the higher the alcohol content, the higher the calorie count. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, this beer checks a lot of boxes when it comes to uh, a beer that is, is going to be more sessionable. It's going to be a bit lighter in terms of its characteristics. That's great. So, um, like I said, you were just you know doing this perfect pint contest uh, a little bit before joining our podcast. Could you tell us a little bit though, if we were to get the the nitro can, you were kind of giving me some coaching tips right before, but what's the best way to pour the can? Yeah, there there are three ways to get Guinness Draft Stout. the The one is out of the first one is out of a keg. That's one A. I mean, that's the, if you yeah. can get it out of a keg and in a glass and perfect pour and everything else, that's the best example of Guinness Draft Stout. The can is actually not far behind. The can is great. It's incredible technology that was uh, developed in 1989. There's a little floating ping pong ball inside of that can called a widget. Uh, it's got a hole in it. And if you get Guinness Draft Stout from a tap, inside of the spout is a restrictor plate, which has five tiny pinholes. The beer is pressed through that restrictor plate and the friction that's created through those restriction uh, restrictor plate or restrictor, restriction holes. My gosh, I can't speak today. Um, that restriction is what wakes up the nitrogen, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, we needed to recreate that in the can. So the tiny pinhole inside of the widget is what does that same thing. It's kind of it sounds like a Dr. Seuss rhyme, 
so the widget goes into the empty can. Then beer goes into the can. Beer fills up the widget that is inside of the can. And then we pressurize it with nitrogen and cap the can. So now there's gas inside of the beer, inside of the widget, inside of the can. Let's put it in a book. You got it? It's <laughs> in a book. It. There's actually a brilliant <laughs> book where it's quoted. It's, uh, there's a book by Bill Yen called uh, The Quest for the Perfect Pint or The Search for the Perfect Pint. Um, but that breakdown always makes me laugh because that's the way to think about it. And then when you open the can, oxygen rushes into the can and creates an equilibrium, forcing the beer that is inside of the widget out of that tiny pinhole. And that's what creates that restriction. So as wow. I was mentioning to you, Connor, when you have a can of Guinness Draft Stout and you open it, number one, open the can fully. Right. Don't give it one of those little like, no, open it all the way up. You'll hear the hiss from the widget. And then once you've got that little hiss or whistle, then you 45 degrees with the glass, gently pour it down the side, but you have to pour the entire can in one shot. Yeah. And you should pour it as soon as the can is fully open. You can't pour half of it, set it down and then try to pour it again. Once you lose that initial rush of that widget doing its job, you can't get it back again. Right. So you got to pour it and don't ever drink Guinness draft stout out of the can. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Number one rule. We, we learned one thing today. It's not from the can. For sure. And maybe not from a wine glass. I don't know. What do you guys yeah, think? I mean, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling fancy as hell right <laughs> now. I, I, I feel Actually, pretty I'm good. Not, I'm not hating it. Pinkies yeah. up, yeah, everyone. Yeah, pinkies out. Yeah. <laughs> but it really just it delivers the aromas, you know, pretty well to your nose. It's a, it's a good, it's not, a, not a terrible way. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm really excited about the um, non-alcoholic Guinness. Guinness Zero is so cool. I'm so excited. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a unique thing. Um, it, 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 it's one of those one of those ideas that when you see it and you try it, you're like, well, yeah, this is great. Yeah. This is such a great idea. Why didn't we do this sooner? Non-alcoholic beers are really exploding right now. And I, and I think it's such a wonderful message. It's encouraging responsibility. It's encouraging inclusiveness. It's encouraging um, so many wonderful things that are at the heart of what the beer industry is, because alcohol is not for everybody. We know that uh, there are times and occasions where, you know, you could you're the designated driver. We celebrate people that that are designated drivers. So to have a Guinness for every occasion mm -hmm. is something that is remarkable. And what I love about it is the technology. When you look at Guinness. Yes, we are a brewery. Yes, we are a beer company. We're also a pretty badass technology company, too. I mean, look at nitrogen every single time. Anyone in the world has a nitro coffee, nitro cold brew, nitro anything. That's our technology. We created that in 1959. Wow. We created different types of train tracks inside the brewery to be able to move materials around. We built ships. We built different canning processes. We built different bottling processes. I mean, it, going back 260 years, science is every bit as important to the Guinness story as beer ingredients are. Uh, so this latest round, the ability to strip alcohol from a beer that is produced to be an alcohol-included beer is very cool. So the reason Guinness Zero tastes so close to Guinness Draft Stout is because it starts its life as Guinness Draft Stout. It has alcohol in it. And then there's a membrane pr process or a membrane filter that strips the alcohol after the beer has already been created. The difference in non-alcoholic beers, in my humble opinion, that have been brewed to be non-alcoholic as opposed to brewing a beer in the same way you would brew an alcohol beer, but then stripping it later, it's night and day. Those beers that one time included alcohol, but then were stripped, that's a truer uh, sensation of beer. That's a truer experience close to beer. Right. Well, I know for J dry January, my wife and I, we made it eight days, I think. This nice. Pretty oh, good. New record. Yeah, congrats. No, but, but we usually, that's our go-to is Guinness because it's such a pleasurable drink. It's just a nice treat to look forward to at the end of the day. Well, I mean, it, and it's so cool right now. When you look at the non-alc non space in general, all the spirits, the different wines, the, mm -hmm. the cocktails, the beers, 
it's such a movement that's happening. And so for us to be a small part of that and to, to add our, our offering to it, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty special. It's very exciting. That's great. Uh, so, you know, we do some other, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I don't, I, don't, I did not send you any questions before. No, I, this is the way I operate. <laughs> I great. wouldn't have read them if you sent them oh, to perfect. me. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that candor. So what would you pair? You know, we're all about pairing. So what Netflix show or streamable show would you pair with Guinness? Interesting. Um, the, I think it's on Netflix, Peaky Blinders. Oh, great show. Which is a great show, but also uh, I've spent, as you might expect, five and a half years with Guinness. I've spent a fair share of time around Irish people right? Um, who are lovely people almost as a rule. However, sometimes the really thick Irish dialects can be a bit confusing. <laughs> That's a show in English that you watch with the closed captions on oh, because I'm, I have no idea sometimes what's going on. Um, that being said, I think when you've got a Guinness in your hand, a Guinness draft in your hand, all of a sudden – you start understanding the Irish dialect a little bit <laughs> yeah. better. I don't know if it's osmosis, but uh, that's that's a show that pops to mind. I I binge a lot of stuff, um, so I it, it's not a Netflix show. I think it's on Hulu right now. But um, Shit's Creek is an amazing oh, show, great show, uh, yeah. one of my favorites, and and uh, I think th- that show is going to prove to be timeless. Yeah, Guinness Draft is timeless, so I think that that would make sense too. And then, and then of course, Peaky Blinders is just so much fun to say. And the Peaky Blinders, it's just so dark. <laughs> I love dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, and movie. I mean, you got to go. We talk about Guinness Zero. Guinness Zero played such a key role, a movie that uh, uh, I adored. I love dark humor and it's about as dark as it gets. I don't know if you guys have seen it. The Banshees of Inishirin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> just strap in for that one, boy. It is it's, a beautifully shot movie. Oh, too. it's gorgeous. Like, I want to just yeah. be there. Transport me there. And I love Martin McDonough. Just the yeah. darkest. Just so epically dark. And, you know, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Those guys are two of my heroes when it comes to acting right yeah it was that, that and you need a beer for that movie. oh yeah holy yeah. smokes Whew. either if it's zero or if it's gonna draft either way but you need a beer for that movie yeah yeah that was that was a doozy have you seen it yet I have not you gotta get it. on yeah, that that's, that's, yeah. your, that's your mission this uh this weekend just perfect d- like middle of the day sunny day be able to step outside and get some sunshine after it that, yeah. yeah but it's uh it's very good <laughs> Regroup. no i know yeah. i watch some shit's creek afterwards yeah, I feel go. good. perfect yes perfect i think you just started ted lasso though right so you i, I think did. that would be another great uh so good for for guinness yeah. so um, good so good that was gonna be my my thing yeah if it's just it makes me happy guinness makes me happy yeah. that's really as simple All as i would that's go a pairing yeah happy to have that's the best that's pairing good. in the world <laughs> what about a song what song could we would we pair oh goodness um Oh, that's a great that's question. A that's such a good question. Bringing the heat today. Yeah. Um, I I would probably go Van Morrison. That's the first Ooh, thing that popped yeah. to mind. He's a Northern Irishman. Um, and I've spent some time in Belfast and in, in Hollywood and places in Northern Ireland that are just absolutely beautiful. And that's such a great culture up there and, and a lot of really great Guinness being poured in Northern Ireland. Um, so Van Morrison, maybe maybe something like, um, oh, goodness. Moon dance, like something a little, little jazzy, a little yeah. bluesy. Yeah, that 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 speaks to me a little bit. Okay. Pivoting off of that, I'm going to steal your thunder. But Connor <laughs> likes to ask guests um, what their walk up song would be. Oh yeah. So that's interesting. I I always so I have two answers to this because you could have a walk up song to the plate, or you can have a bullpen song when you come in from the bullpen. And I've got two answers. The walk up song would be the Superman theme, and then I would strike out on three pitches <laughs> because <laughs> the humor in that. So like now batting Ryan Wagner and it's, you know, the, and then three strikes and you're out. That's his fourth but strikeout today. <laughs> I always wanted to be a closer because I always yeah. I, I love because to me, walk up songs are fine. But those those closers and those guys that have the like Mariano Rivera 
Enter Sandman. Yeah. Trevor Hoffman, Hell's Bells. Like those things are, and you get more of the song, right? Right. You get four seconds of a walk-up song. You get like a good minute and a half. Yeah. And so for me, coming out of the bullpen, if I was a closer, there's a song called Whipping Post by Allman Brothers. Oh, yeah. Killer. Killer song. (laughs) Yeah, that would be, yeah. I love that you knew the answer to this. Oh, and I, worked, I worked in baseball. I worked <laughs> yeah. in baseball for 12 years. We have these conversations all the time. I mean, I've probably had 17 different answers to that question over I'm, the years. I'm stealing the closer, the bullpen song, though. That's great. That I mean, You get more of the song. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. I yeah. mean, that, yeah. that I And we had a couple good ones in my time with the Orioles. There were there were a couple that were, that were pretty good. There was a guy named uh, Jim Johnson that was a closer for the Orioles for a few years and his was pretender by the Foo Fighters. That yeah. was, that was pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, it was pretty good. All right, cool. Um, so do you, do you have any projects coming up to tell us about for, for Guinness? Anything Boy, kind of new, new and exciting? I mean, the Chicago open gate brewery is, is occupying more, a higher percentage of my brain than it probably should. But yeah, I mean, we're excited about that. You know, the Baltimore brewery opened in uh, September of 2017 is when we started pouring beer. We opened up our main facility in August of 2018. So that's been four and a half years. Uh, and the fact that it's been as well received as it as it has been so well received that we're opening up another one means the world to me because I've been with that project since the very beginning. We'll be there. I think we're going to come field trip. Let's Stoked. Do it. Yeah. Let's do it. What part of town is it in? Yeah, it's in the West Loop of Chicago. So we're going to be in Fulton Market, uh, okay. which is just exploding right now. It's crazy. There's so much good food and good beer and good entertainment and drink and people and everything down in that part of the world. I'm a Baltimore kid through and through. Uh, so just got out to Chicago about three weeks ago to relocate. Um, and even in those three weeks, what a town. I yeah. mean, Chicago's great. Um, so it's uh, it's one of the great towns in, in this in this country and uh, very passionate about beer, very passionate about Guinness. So I, I think we uh, we picked a winner. It's awesome. I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but Connor's really good at eating and drinking. He's really yes. good. Nice. At it. Yes. Yeah. We need more people like you. Yeah. We need more people like you. Yeah, so. absolutely. We're, we're going to come see you. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got a flight here uh, pretty shortly. Uh, about two close. hours, give yeah. or take. Yeah, we're oh, good. Okay, okay. We're good. But yeah. but still, thank you so much for joining and uh, teaching us a, a lot about Guinness in a very short uh, amount of time. Uh, it's my pleasure. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here with you guys. Awesome. Cheers. 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 If you love what to drink, would you please hit the follow button, give us five stars if your heart will allow it, and leave a review with any pairing or person you'd like to hear from in the future. Thanks for listening.